0: John chapter 8, 31 to 38. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of, your Abra- of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me, because my words find finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Let the good news come now, O God, not only in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you again. My wife is here. My father is here in Medford, Oregon. Uh, I will speak in between the services on my recent trips to Iraq. I want to bring you a confidential update on Baghdad and uh, my... Lord, give you 14 candles to burn up here. I want to take one of them with me to Baghdad. What do you think about that? And start the hope of Jesus Christ that we are enjoying this morning in that great city. The Garden of Eden is gone, but the Tigris River remains that ran through it, only now with 8 to 10 million Muslims without hope and without God. It can't go on like that, not with the promises of God. And then this afternoon I am speaking at a... Perspectives class in Cascade High School, C- Cascade Christian High School. Uh, perspectives, a tremendous mission opportunity at 3 o'clock. You'd be my guest if you'd like to come. Yeah, here's my wife, and we've been married 43 years. What do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. I told her if I knew she was going to be this good looking after 43 years of marriage, I would have started taking better care of myself a long time ago. (laughs) We worship with the American Indians in Mesa, Arizona. We ride our tandem bicycle out to the reservation and worship at Lehigh Presbyterian Church, a Church of Pima Indians on Sunday morning. Now in our passage today, the word free is used a number of times, four times in fact, Freedom, freeing, becoming free is a central meaning of the text today. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my true disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This truth has been mighty important in my life for many years, and I have thought about a lot what it means to be set free. At the entrance to the library at the University of Oregon, where I studied and played in every football game for all four years, I played French horn in the marching band. Did I mention that part? (laughs) are engaged, are engraved the words of Jesus Christ, at least this phrase, and the truth shall make you free. I wonder why the university did not feel free to cite the entire quote of Jesus Christ who said, if you abide in my word, you are my true disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. A free world has come into existence wherever the teachings of Jesus Christ have challenged and begun to overcome the human condition of sin and selfishness. The free world exists where Christianity has had a major influence. Where Christianity has had little influence, there is no freedom. In his excellent book, The Victory of Reason, Rodney Stark says that Christianity led to freedom, capitalism, and success of the Western world. In other words, the free world came into existence where Christianity, that is, the person of Jesus Christ and the lordship of Christ and the teaching of Christ, has begun to prevail to some extent, over sin and misery of the human condition. So I say the best thing you can do to bring in the, begin the free world where it is not free is to send missionaries. More importantly, the truth will set you free, me free, all people free, who will hear the word of Jesus Christ. And the freedom and the truth that matter most here are the part of the Lord's teaching that the University of Oregon Library seems to be embarrassed by. If you abide in my word, you are my true disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Wonderful to be free to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Listen to me. God draws nearer the man or woman in sorrow over their sins. God forgives the penitent. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards us, and as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed us from our iniquities. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I wonder if you can say with me, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Can you say that? I'm going to say it again, and if you can, I wish you would. God be merciful to me, a sinner. It will be the truth that sets you free. The prophet Isaiah expresses repentance in a wonderful simple phrase. Isaiah chapter 1, he says, stop doing wrong, learn to do good. To me, this is one this is wonderful because people know right away what they need to do to stop doing wrong. The Bible says, stop doing wrong. Then the Bible says, learn to do good, because we have to go to school again under this discipleship of Jesus to learn to do good. The habit does not come easily. Learning to do good is what the Bible calls the way of the Lord. You can come to Christ all at once. You can say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Come to Christ all at once. The thief on the cross came to Christ all at once. He said, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus Christ opened his heart even while on the cross and said to the sinner, as he says to everyone, everyone here, everyone that is in Medford and Jacksonville, today you will be with me in paradise because you have asked me to remember you. God, Glory, glory to God for the depth of his love. But to learn to do good, ah, That is an apprenticeship. It is sanctification of our souls that takes time. We have been been so much doing wrong for so long that we know what we must do to stop. But we cannot as fast force ourselves to do what is good. That is the freedom that comes along the way. We become free as we learn from Christ his way. Listen to me. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my true disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the great text of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, he gives us a lengthy sermon about his own word. And I want to read to you from the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, let the word of God dwell in us richly. But I want you to notice the context of the Sermon on the Mount and the verses which preceded. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. I wonder if you've seen that before. The Lord was famous throughout a country where the Jews were not yet because of his great love put him up into Syria on occasions. And they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee And the Decapolis, that means from across the Jordan River where there weren't any Jews, from Jerusalem and Judea and and again from beyond the Jordan. So when it says that he saw the crowds and he went up on the mountain and sat down and began to preach to them the Sermon on the Mount, you have to imagine that the, the mixed multitude of people were there, not only the Jews, but the people that were going to come to faith because of his mission. And he began to speak to them. And this is what he said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all manner of evil against you for my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, where it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people, that they might see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. You have heard that it was said to those in ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable for the judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with your brother or sister, you're liable for the judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you're liable for the court. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way to court or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. I tell you, you won't get out till you pay the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one member of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be going to hell. It was also said whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever Marries a divorced woman, commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said, those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but shall carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no, any more than this comes from the evil one. And you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist evil. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, <laughs> let him turn the, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give him your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go a mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone Who wants to borrow from you? And then this at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may become children of your Heavenly Father. If anyone abides in my word, you are my true disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Are you becoming free? free to stop doing wrong, and free to start doing good. Martin Luther wrote a marvelous book called The Bondage of the Will. We are not free to do what is good until God enables us. We are slaves to sin if we are sinning. Ask God for help to start over. Ask him to help you stop doing wrong, and to start doing good. I want to draw your attention to the importance to which the Jews referred to themselves as the offspring of Abraham in this passage. This self-understanding of who they are figures large in their minds. In the book of Genesis, God makes a remarkable promise to Abraham and his offspring, that they will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Three times this tremendous phrase is repeated. Genesis 22:18. I will surely bless you, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. And again in Genesis twenty-six, fourteen, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky, and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me, and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws." And again in Genesis 28, 14. Through you and your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. This thrice-repeated promise is far-reaching. Through you and your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Thus the expectation from the beginning was that the Jews, the children of Abraham, would feel ennobled by a great commission given by God to reach out to all the world nations. The Jews would feel they had been given a great commission, a great commission to repair the world. The Jews would feel that God gave them a great commission to reconcile all peoples to God. This, in fact, this great commission unites all of the Bible into a single mission. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 49, verse 6. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, "...to merely restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel that I have kept. I will make you as a light to the Gentiles, that my salvation may extend to the ends of the earth." This is the Great Commission. God has made his people to be a light to those near and brighten the corner where you are, but also to throw the light of Christ to the farthest places, to bring his salvation to the ends of the earth. Through you and your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed." So it is with some great irony that the Jews retort to Jesus and answer him, we are the sperma, if you understand the drift, that's the word in Greek, we are the sperma of Abraham. They make a big deal out about being his offspring. And we have never been slaves to anybody. How is it that you say that uh, uh, we, we must become free? And Jesus answered them, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. The son will be in the father's house forever, but the slave will not be in the father's house forever. And whoever the son sets free, he will be free indeed. I know that you are the sperma of Abraham. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham, and yet you want to kill me. Wow, how far had the mission of God fallen on deaf ears for many, many generations, that these chosen people of God, the ones who regarded themselves with a self-identity of being Abraham's sons and daughters, instead of being a light to the Gentiles, had become to the place where they would even kill the Son of God when he showed up on the planet Earth. One would have expected that the chapters of the Old Testament would be a happy record of waves of non-Jews coming to faith through the followers of God from all over the world, but that is not what happened. In fact, by the time Jesus Christ arrives in the world, Based upon the promise of long ago, he might have have expected that many thousands of people across Europe and Africa and Asia would already be enjoying the blessings of God because of the success of the children of Abraham going to where the missionaries were, but that's not what happened. From Abraham to Moses, from Moses to King David, from King David to Isaiah, from Isaiah to John the Baptist, God's mission, mission was meant to be through your offspring, all the nations will be blessed. But this mission did not sparkle and shine. Where were the thousands of faithful followers from many nations? How many thousands, by the time of Christ, were reading the Bible in Europe, Asia, and Africa? It is obvious that Jesus Christ was going to have to start over. To put it in the provocative words of Ralph Winter, he didn't come to give the Great Commission. He came to take it away. The leadership of the Jews had become ingrown and rule-bound. They did not welcome the Christmas message, Behold, I bring you good news of joy for all people. How many thousands of disciples met Jesus upon his arrival? It was not like that. Instead, he spent all night in prayer asking, How did this happen? Here I am starting over. At one time, there were 12 tribes of Israel. That is all gone. Jesus prayed all night to choose 12. He didn't find any leaders to choose. I guess I'm going to start with the riffraff. And that's what he's been choosing ever since. If I look around my own heart and my friends in this room. <laughs> we were not the people that got 800 in our spirituality SAT classes. Or 4.0 in our prayer lives. He reached deep to the to the, to the sinners. Surrounded himself with... Knuckleheads. I want to draw your attention to the sharp confrontation that concludes this morning lesson. The confrontation between Jesus and the ones who thought they were something because they were the offspring of Abraham. Listen to how Jesus spoke frankly to them who had rejected him. I speak of what I have seen from my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Oh my gosh. Two fathers. The one, the father above, another, the fa- father of darkness. Jesus speaks what he hears from his father above. The, one who seeks to kill, the ones who seek to kill Jesus are doing what they have heard from the father of darkness. In the verses that follow, where your pastor will pick up on the text in the, in the coming weeks, wow, our Lord will be very direct in his language about this great divide. Your pastor will be explaining that in the coming weeks. Say it with me. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Help me stop doing what is wrong. Help me start doing what is good. With you, my Lord, all things are possible. Those of us who gather here this morning at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, pray that the good news that has come to us of a loving God like this, a God that we could sing to with these beautiful loving songs, will come to all the peoples of the world. I have a list of the hundred priority places and peoples in the Muslim world where there is no witness of the gospel. What would it be like for you and to me if we had no Jesus Christ entreating us to come back home, calling us to himself, offering his love, offering us his forgiveness? offering us his assurances and his promises. Love the songs about the promises. There is no one like him. I've studied the so-called gods of the ancient world, including the ones that have survived into the major religions of the day. None of them have to keep their promise to mortals. (laughs) Only this great God keeps his promise to mortals. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am you may be also. Who talks like this among the so-called deities of the world? I want you to be with me. I want to spend one more night with you before I go away. Who talks like this? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him, and he will sup with me. Only Christ. Many shall come from east and west and take their places at the feast. Isaiah chapter 40 25, 6 through 9, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will prepare a feast for all peoples, a feast of meat and wine. On this mountain, the Lord will remove the shroud of death that covers the nations, wipe away every tear, and death shall be no more. The one and only God has come down to us in Jesus Christ and found what must have been to his, in his humanity is tremendous disappointment at generation after generation which had kept this good news to themselves and rejoiced in their salvation while they did not think that being, while they supposed that being the sperma of Abraham would somehow uh, allow them to get away with this uh, infraction against what they were called to do at the beginning. From the beginning, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That is the task remaining for the people of God. That is the task given to us today. I guess I'm not going to actually take one of these 14 candles, but I'd sure like to... I'd keep it lit all the way and then I'd take a picture of myself in Baghdad someday with the candle lit and uh, you'd be there because you've supported this ministry for all the years that we have advanced the gospel into the Muslim world. There is some great good news happening in many parts of the Muslim world, but not everywhere. So come on, come on you who and I who are allowed to be children of God through Jesus Christ. Let us brighten the corner where we are and also bring the hope of Jesus Christ to the farthest places on earth. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. This is the only place in the Bible these six words are used, and then the end will come. I would propose to you that of all the important things we are called to do, there is one most urgent, and then the end will come. The call is comprehensive, global, final until the all have been reached. So I'm going to make a prediction before I close. Get ready to text your friends. You're going to say you heard it here first. (laughs) With the promise of God in mind, that through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. What's about to happen in the history of the world? What's about to happen in in the world? I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I am from a nonprofit organization. (laughs) What's about to happen in the history of the world? Unexpected things. There, you heard it here first. (laughs) But these unexpected things happen through the one who said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, teaching them all that I've commanded you. Teach them the Sermon on the Mount. How can they live without it? And I am with you always to the ends of the earth. My great privilege to lead the largest mission effort to Islam in the world. More about that at the break. Thank you. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Those of us who gather here today at First Presbyterian Church Jacksonville, pray that the good news of the gospel that has come to you and me will soon and very soon come to pass for all the peoples of the world. Amen.